There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm beginning the week with a guest who really lives up to the title of being a well-known man. Newspapers, printing, politics, horse racing, GA, greyhounds are just some of his interests in what's been a very full life. I'm delighted to welcome Johnny Cairns to Late Lunch. Johnny, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. How has it taken this long for the dad of the Cairnses to get here? I'm just trying to figure that out as you came into studio. I don't know. Maybe I hadn't enough influence. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is the day and I'm delighted to have you with me. You're a drama man through and through. Stockwell Street was home. Will you tell me a little bit about your family? Well, first and foremost, I was born in Trinity Gardens. Oh, after one year, we moved to Stockwell Street. So Trinity Gardens was where you... Trinity Gardens was our home. Originally? Yeah. So then to Stockwell Street? Then to Stockwell why Street. Did, why did they make that move? My father had a hairdressing shop in Narrowest Street, where Mick Cooney later had the shop. It was beside Powers Bookmakers, with the alleyway between for the sparkling plugs. And... Uh, my father wanted to move down near the town and he moved to Stockwell Street and he had accommodation for his family there, overhead the shop. So the business and family? So the business and family all moved down combined. and I was a baby. Yeah. How many were in your family? Well, there was six in all. There was... Uh, Betty was the eldest. Uh, what day is today? The 21st, 22nd? 22nd of June. Yeah, she would have been born on the 21st of June. On the longest day of the year? Yeah. So she was the oldest? She was the oldest. Jim was the second eldest. He was born on the 20th of June. Oh, my God, there's some, the something One, behind this. 364 days later. Just a, barely a year between them. Barely a year between them. OK, yeah. Jim was next. Uh, Noel was next. Then we had Angela. Angela was died as an infant. And she's buried with my grandfather Connor in St. Peter's graveyard. Okay. And uh, then there was myself. And then there's Eamon, the baby of the family. So that was the whole lot. Six yeah. year in total, yeah. a family of six. It, yeah. it was. You mentioned Jim there. Can I come back to Jim for a minute? Because yeah. Yeah. lots of people listening today will remember Jim Kieran's. Oh, yeah. He was a special man, wasn't he? He was. He was special in every way. Mm. Uh, he was a deeply religious man. People might know that or think that. He was uh, probably about 20 or 30 years before his time in that he was running uh, 
cabaret shows in the Boyne Valley before they ever taught them in Dublin. And he had all the top artists, brought them to the town, had them in the Boyne Valley, but more importantly, had them on the Lord Mayor's show, like mm. Val Donican and uh, Ronnie Carroll. Uh, Lots of big names of all, the time. all the big names. Yeah, John them. Ryan, the tenor from Wexford. Mm. Didn't he give Val Dunican a, a present that we saw for years on television? He did. He, he, they, gave him, they gave Val Dunican a rocking chair in the Gate Cinema. And Val Dunican uh, was on the Gate Cinema for two shows on the one night. One was at six o'clock and the other was at nine o'clock. And we were at the six o'clock house with Eamon and Eilish, my brother and sister-in-law, and Carmen and I. And when when the show was on that night, we were told that uh, someone came down and we were told that John, the eldest, who was only a tot at the time, uh, was in the college hospital. Your John? Yeah, and Carmel was expecting my second child, Geraldine, at the time. Mm. So I went out of the thing, said nothing to her, went up and found out that he was all right, he was in the hospital, it was a precautionary thing, and I went back down and saw the rest of the show, and after the show was over, I told her that uh, that um, John was in the hospital. So there was no panic? No panic. The so show yeah, went on with the Clearance <laughs> clan <laughs> and Val Dunigan on the stage. Yeah. Jim was one of your brothers we mentioned there, but come back to you. you your life early on, you went to work at the Drogheda Independent at what age? 10th of May, 50, 1954. You remember I the day? 14 years and six months. God, you were young, Johnny, weren't you? Well, I had finished my primary cert. Uh, I had skipped first year and second year in the Christian Brothers. I had had great results in my primary set. I top marks at everything I did. Uh, my mother, Laura Rasta, said to me one day, there's a job going on the road independent. Go over and see Tom O'Donoghue about it. And Tom O'Donoghue lived across the road. So I went over to Tom O'Donoghue and said, Tom, my head is a job going down there. He says, you did, and there's about 40 more hair there as well. And uh, I tell you what to do, Johnny says, write out an application, send it down, and you'll be in the mix of the rest of them. So I said, fair enough. So there was an exam up in the Bairstry Convent in the Dublin Road. And Sucky McCann, who many people would know in Drada, he was the adjudicator of it. And it was in English, Irish and maths. For this job? For this job, yeah. And... Uh, there was something like 46 or 48 did the exam. I came posting the exam anyway. And the funny thing about it was it was the only exam at school that I didn't receive 100% for maths. And that day I got 96%. And I came out of the exam and I said to the boys, the boys said, well, how'd you do? And I said, I know I got 60 cent for 96% for that. I said, how do you know that? And I said, my hand came down to me and he looked over my paper and he said to me, would you not look over the last part of that? And I wouldn't satisfy him to change. <laughs> <laughs> so you put it in? I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't, change it. it didn't matter, you got it the job. Matter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what was your job? In you go, what were you doing? I was an apprentice. 
And the first thing we got to do that week, there was three of us went in the same week, myself and Dermot Leach and Frank Moran. And we, at that time, you had mouldings that went onto a wooden base but to do the printing with the letterpress printing. It was all letterpress at that stage. It's real old kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, we spent days with a screwdriver pulling off these plates and putting the wood aside and dumping the, the plates for to be re-melted down, to be re-cast uh, again for the pictures for the following week's paper. So that was your role, that was but, your job? Yeah, but there were some wonderful people in the run then. Some wonderful characters, like Peter Flood, the Cod Road. Brilliant Republican. Very strong Fianna Fáil man. Uh, would have been known as a Republican. And you might not know this, but my father used to run a sweep on the Grand National every year. Your father would have known it. He would have been in it. And... Um, Peter Flood drew Devon Lock. The famous Devon Lock. The famous Devon Lock in the sweep. And everybody was on to Peter because he was such a Republican. But drawn the Queen's horse. The Queen's horse. <laughs> <laughs> and there was slagging that went on over, over Peter drawn the Queen. Lord rest him. I'd say there was some slagging there was when some slagging, the incident yeah. happened and yeah. the, the and horse collapsed fell, yeah. and fell. Uh, Peter, everybody said Peter put a horse, put the horse on, on, the horse. on the Queen's horse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but mentioning your father and your family, republicanism was ingrained, wasn't it, from oh, your dad? very much so, yeah. yeah. Your dad was involved? Dad was involved in the old IRA. Uh, he was under the command of... Uh, Jack, Jack, what was his name? McConville. Jack McConville from the Lee Street. He was the the head man over the operation the, of the Southload Brigade. And he was the commander-in-chief. I'd, I'd call him. I don't know what his exact title was. But uh, he was the commander-in-chief there. My father was innocent. Johnny, Johnny Stafferton. There's loads of people that was all involved in, in the old mm. era. My mother used to claim she was a member of the Covenant of Mon, but no one ever believed her because she used to go, I think she used to go and they used to all laugh and when they were drilling then they did anything else. Yeah. But uh, my father a, was very much involved. You have a great story about him when he was on the run from the Free State Forces. Tell us that one. Yeah, well, that's about uh, my uncle Pixar. Mm. My uncle Pixar um, and my father worked on the quay in the hairdressing business on the quay. And they regu regularly drank in the Roundhouse, which was owned by Davy Sheridan. Uh, Davy Sheridan down further had another pub come grocery, as was the case with Joey Kelly's and McCann's and West Street and McGee's and West Street, all those, you know. They were all grocery and drink and bacon. Fabulous places. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Anyway, my father was on the run. So was a good lot more of them around the town. And uh, they went to uh, the roundhouse to pick up my father. And they picked up my uncle Pixar, Peter. The wrong man. The wrong man. And Pixar did six months in the joy. 
for my father. And while he was in the joy, he shared the cell with two people who were later presidents of Ireland. President Eamon de Valera and President Sean T. O'Kelly. Look what your father missed out on. <laughs> well, that's it, you know. But, but the uh, uncle had the privilege. I want to take yeah, a short yeah, break. He's yeah. some man for one man. Johnny Kearns yeah. is my special guest on Late Lunch Today. Johnny, the apprenticeship in the Drahad Independent, I can't believe this. Seven years. Seven years. You start, I think we started with something like half a crown a week. We finished up in our last year, in our sixth year, I had seven and sixpence a week. Seven shillings and sixpence. And when you came out of your time, you had five pounds, seven and sixpence. And that was the highest paid rate for a journeyman in any trade in Ireland at the time. Five pounds, seven and sixpence. By God, they no, got... Sorry, no, ten pounds, seven and sixpence was the final rate. Yeah. You, you walked up, five pounds, seven and sixpence was in the last year. That's what you had. Yeah. But they got their value out of you, didn't they, for the... Oh, Lord, yeah. For the seven well, at and that six. time, years ago, at that time, if you went in to be a hairdresser, you had to pay in a lot of places to train to be a hairdresser. Mm. In other words, you had to pay them. You had to pay, yeah. You had to pay the hairdresser to teach you. You were saying to me that your good wife, who's here with you today, Carmel, but for her, this arrangement might not have happened. Might not have happened at all. She was getting all the bread above and metal factory. <laughs> she was working piecemeal, wasn't yeah, she, up there? Yeah, piecemeal. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was working the piece, piece work. work yeah. Piece work, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot more money oh, in the big, arm, big army coat she used to be making. She was delighted with it. She get plenty of money for it. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened anyway for you both. You made your way through, after your apprenticeship, through the Drahan Independent. I was just looking at all the roles you filled. Foreman, assistant works manager, sales, director of sales. You did virtually everything, didn't you? I did, yeah. And I wrote as well. You had your own column, had you? Yeah, well, I wrote the... I always wrote the dogs every week. Yeah. I wrote the coursing. Okay. Uh, and I wrote, wrote the football, the juvenile football and minor football. And senior football, in some cases, junior football, I reported back. So you reported on all those sports. Oh, yeah. But look, yeah. you had a big interest in the dogs always yourself, hadn't I you? Had, yeah, yeah. You yeah. kept greyhounds. Yeah. Trained yeah. them. Had a winner in the... Um, I had a winner of a trial stick. Ran in Clown 1962, 63. At the National Coursing Meeting. At the National Coursing Meeting, yeah. Mm. She was injured before she went and we, she had a split web and... She was great. She was a great pitch. She was a very, very fast pitch. The year, that year, the pitch that won the Oaks, I can't think of her name, but she won her trial stake in, in, uh, down in Enniscorty. And my uncle, Sonny, Lord Rastrum, he had a little sister of mine, and she was known as the Fla. My bitch was known as Una's Pleasure. And they went to the. She was the flower was beaten just up in Edenderry by the bitch that won the Oaks. Una's pleasure, any day of the week, would have led the flower ten lengths, <laughs> and she went out the first round because of the split web. Unfortunate, so isn't it? Was it was unfortunate. Yeah. These are things oh, that happen. These are things that happen yeah, with the yeah. dogs, is right. Yeah. And you never, you never consider them, but she had pups afterwards. And one of the pups was called Millmount because there was only a man called Taylor who was married to uh, a girl who lived in Millmount. 
And he came to me one morning in Mary Street and called to the house and asked where I was. And Carmen said, well, he's not here, he's away with the kids' football. He won't be back until two o'clock. But if you call at two o'clock, you can talk to him. She said, I heard he has pups for sale, he's saplings for sale. Oh, I'm sure whether she has or not, that's, that's him. She says, did you want to see him himself? So I came back and I had my dinner at two o'clock, as, as was the norm. And this man arrived and knocked at the door. And he st- I had three three saplings in the yard. Two and one in the middle. And he said to me, what do you want for them? I said, I want 500 for that one on the left. I want 500 for that one on the right. And the one in the middle, I want 1,000. And he said to me, well, why do you want the 1,000 for the one in the middle? And I said, it's like this. It was the first pop out of the bitch, in his pleasure. And I said, I want to keep hope, he said. And anyone that's going to take her, will have to pay for her. And I got a thousand pounds sterling off him. And he said to me, can you keep up for six months? Oh, I keep him for 12 months if you want. But he was paying me for keeping him as well. I think he gave me around nearly 15 or 1600 pounds that day before he left in Sterling. And uh, he then sent me over the balance of whatever he owed me for the keep. And uh, he gave me over the money to send them over in a, we had to send them over in a special container and he picked her up over the other side. And listen, the dog went on to become the winner of the most races ever in Hall Green. There you go. So it had the pedigree. Had the pedigree. You knew what you were talking about <laughs> and you got the money for it. Talking about sport, did, weren't you involved? I know Gaelic games is your big passion and loud football. Weren't you involved with the loud minor team at one stage? I was. I was a selector on the loud minor team that was beaten by Dublin in the Leinster final. The last time they ever contested the, the final. The last time they ever contested the final. I was a selector on the on the fourteen on the fourteen team that won the first ever Leinster on the fourteen championship, county championship. Along with Brother McChain and a couple of other people. Johnny, what's gone wrong since you were there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's gone wrong. I had no problems with that at all. They did away with the street leagues in Drogheda. They did away with the street leagues in Mundach. When we had the street leagues in Drogheda, you had the best minor teams, you had the best junior teams and the best senior teams. Don't forget that Loud won the junior All-Ireland, the senior All-Ireland, all when the street leagues were going on. And they did away with it. And I remember Paddy McGlue coming up to me when I was up in Anglo in Mel. And he came in to me, and Paddy was chairman of the county board at the time. He was getting something printed, and he said to me, Johnny, what are we doing wrong? I tell you, I said, what are you doing wrong? You did away with the street leagues, I said, and that's the problem. If you bring the street leagues back and make every player play with their, their own area, I said, then you'll produce good footballs. Could you do it today? You could do it today. Of course you could do it today. Why couldn't you do it? But I offered at that time, I, I was out of the minor board at that time for a year, and I offered to Paddy McGlue, Paddy McGlue would verify this, that um, I offered to go back and reorganise the minor board in Drogheda to reorganise the street leagues. And uh, it didn't happen. I don't know why, but Paddy was in favour of it, I know that. 
But there was there was a whole lot of thinking about insurance and this, that and the other and how clubs haven't have insurance. So we never had insurance when we played on the 14 or on the 15 or on the 16. You know. The funny thing about it is, jump back to Jim, Jim was the first secretary of St. Dominic's GFC. My father was a representative on the county board of the Wolf Tones. This steeped in tradition in Gaelic football. You spent... An awful long time, Johnny, with the draw and independent from 1954 till the early 80s when yeah. you left the paper. Yeah. Why did you leave them? I was in the middle of a row. I was in middle management at the time. And uh, the late Jim Maguire, he only died last year um, in Ballina. He was the man in charge and the unions and him were at loggerheads and I was stuck in the middle. And I was getting fed up. But I was after being uh, Lord Rest Andy Belton. Uh, he was the works manager at the time, and um, Tom O'Donnell, who Lord rest him too. They were two wonderful tradesmen who I worked with. Tom was probably the fastest tradesman to do to do a job that I ever knew. Andy Belton was probably the best design comp I ever came across, and I was lucky enough to serve me time with the two of those. I. Worked my way up through the channels in the Draw Independent. And uh, when I started in the Draw Independent, I, I would be finished at half nine or ten o'clock, maybe. Nine o'clock. At night? At night, yeah. Going and in at what time? Home. What time would you go in at in the day? I, I would be in at half eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Twelve hours? Yeah. And then I'd go home and go back in at twelve o'clock. And we would tie up the papers during the night. I used to walk along with Peter Campbell and Jim Campbell. Do you know something? Paddy Healy. They've just been on to us. We've just had a message from them to say hello to you today, to say, to say, do you remember them, Peter and Jim? Oh, I remember Jim and Peter well, yeah. And uh, Paddy Healy. They were the, the, the people that did all the work around the place, mm. with sweeping up and cleaning and cleaning over the place and getting rid of all the dirt. And Paddy used to do a bit of cutting. And Jim used to do a bit of cutting on the guillotines. But Peter didn't. He didn't do any of the cutting. But he, they helped out with the cutting in, in, in the guillotines. Cutting but coming back to the point, all those long hours, all those years, the different roles, and then it comes to this time in the early 80s and you go, there was strife going on in the place. How do you yeah. set up? I want to ask you this. Elite Print, you started it. Yeah. It's Anglo Printers today. Yeah. Was that running when you decided to leave the no. Draw Independent? No. No, no. So you left the Draw Independent with mm. no job? No job. A young family? No, a private family. That's a big decision, wasn't it? Not really. I, I was after I was after being promoted to marketing manager in the Draw Independent. Mm. And when I took over the, the market again of the Draw Independent, they were doing roughly 100 to 150 thousands pounds a year in in job printing when I left it they were doing 540,000 so you and I had put on 300,000 400,000 actually so you had confidence in what you could do I was after increasing it from 150,000 to 550,000 and I said to myself, why would I be doing it for independent newspapers when I could be doing it for myself? So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you go and form the printing business first or the paper you're most 
well known for? I have never, ever done anything like that. Would never. It wouldn't be in me. The way yeah. my father had me, you wouldn't do something like that. So you waited till you cut all ties? You waited and they did it. So did you set up the printing business before the local news newspaper? Oh, yeah. The printing first? Printing first, yeah. And then the local news followed? Yeah, well, I, I got, I will say, at that stage, I got the imprimatur from Carmel. And she said to me, look, if you, you do whatever you want to do, I'll stand by you. And that was the most important thing as far as I was concerned, yeah. or as far as going into business. I had the entrepreneurial spirit, but it was no good having it if you haven't got back in behind you. And I would have achieved nothing without her. Yeah. You know, without her backing. And I, like I worked from early in the morning to late at night. I was often coming home from Dublin at 11 o'clock at night. After, as a matter of fact, I was coming home one day from Dublin. I was after being out in Terenure, Rat Farm. And I was at the church that's gone steep there at Whitehall. The Sinking Church. The Sinking Church. And I got a call from a man out in Terenure. And he said to me, John, I have a job for you. I said, have you? Yeah. He says to me, it's, uh, it's the launching of a campaign, no tax on books. And he says, I want you to do all the printing for it. But he says, I want it in a hurry. I said, don't move, I'll be back over there in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I turned the car around and went back. If I hadn't gone back, it would have been gone to someone else the following morning. So I knew that I had to have that in the car coming home. So I did and I got that. Got the whole job. I got about £35,000 worth of work. All of one go. All for the sake of turning around. Never leave until tomorrow what you can do today was my motto. And hasn't it served you well? What about yeah. the local news newspaper and the setting up of it? The local newspaper news was probably a breath of fresh air to a lot of people when it came out. Um, I had never any intentions of starting a newspaper when I cut out. But as most people in the order know, my brother Jim was known as Mr. Showman. And he put on shows all over the place. And when I set up on my own, with an elite print, he offered to give me the programme for the Lord Mayor Show. When I got the programme from the Lord Mayor Show, the people in the Drawed Independent decided that if I was printing the programme, they wouldn't give any publicity to the Lord Mayor Show. So I said, fair enough, we'll start a newspaper. And that's how it happened. It's simple as that. As simple as that. I went down and I hired a place off Maniky McCluskey in West Street and brought them in. Marie started, Marie walked in it. The people that walked in the local news were fabulous people. They're all people of achievement. Paul Lennon, the sports editor of the Star. John, my son, who's editor of the Daily Mirror. Uh, Marie, who was editor of the Drawden Appendant, is now producing here with LMFM. Uh, your man, the morning fella, Farrelly. Seamus. Seamus Farrelly, yeah. He was doing some photography. And I actually, I, I introduced him to writing in the, in the local news. Because he used to write, while he was doing the photographs, he used to write stuff for Midloud and RD for the local news. 
Andy Spearman. Andy Spearman, the photographer. Yeah, he was Ken a, Murray. He, Ken Murray was for the the. Uh, he's in the National Association. Hey, we better stop dropping names here, and I'll tell you what. By God, are you owed some favours in return from all them people? Uh, yeah, well, I tell you one thing. I remember one time I was looking for you to do a show, to 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 do a show, and you you weren't available, <laughs> and uh, you said to me, "Well, Ken Murray will do it." I said, "There'd be no money for doing this," so he said, "I know that." So. Uh, Ken rang me anyway, and uh, I rang Ken, and uh, you gave me his number, and I rang him, and Ken did the show for Oh, yeah. And that was for the Lord Mayor show, and it was for cystic fibrosis. That's right. At that stage. That's right. But that paper thrived, and up you went, and your circulation rose, your Circulation rose up to 12,000. The drawdown of end of the time was eight. Had come down from 18. So you went ahead of them? Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is this is the big story around this. Mm-hmm. You have the local news; it's flying. The Drahan Independent circulation falls a bit. Yeah. Tell me the story. You shook hands on buying the Drahan Independent. Is that right? I shook hands with Bartle Pitcher. Not on, on not on buying the Drahan Independent. I shook hands on a deal with Bartle Pitcher that I would take over the Drogheda Independent and independent newspapers would pay me £50,000 to take it over. What happened that that didn't happen? I still don't know. I came home. Everything was set up. I had guaranteed... All the jobs in the Drawn Independent. I, except for the staff, the office staff. Because I had my own office staff and I didn't want to. Didn't need to. You could have run both shows from yeah, the one office. I had young Moore um, in the office and I, I had a very good office staff. Mm. And they knew what they were about in the local news and I didn't care and Bernadette above in, in Elite Print. And then I had uh, young Crawley, just married to Jeffrey Fay now. Um, she was there as well. But I wanted all them involved in the in the new project when it took place, you see. And they were people that I could rely on, and they knew what I wanted, and they knew how things would go. So what happened? Did the Drawed Independent staff rebel Drawed at that stage? Independent staff, most of whom I had been helpful in getting them their jobs, rebelled and threatened to take out Abbey Street. Now, some of the people, and this is, people are all there. I'm not going to name any names. I know some of them that were involved. I know some of them that were the most vociferous. And I know those who were keen and gentle. But there was one or two of them that I actually got them a job in the Trotting Panel, not only once, but twice. They had left to come back. So, I mean... That was just the way it was, and they didn't want me coming back into the Rod Independent. And I suppose they felt as well, Johnny, that we're part of independent newspapers and we don't want to see that association with a national brand. That'd be part of it also. But look, it didn't happen. The local news went on. You sold the local news then, and it was going well. It was going well. I sold it to... to, uh, um, Well, it, it, it was going well, but it needed an injection of cash. Okay. That was basically the problem. 
I'll ask you this, because it only lasted for, what, about six months after you sold it. Yeah. Do you regret selling it? Um, yes, I do, very much so, yeah. I always regretted it, John. I always maintained it was a, it was a, a fabulous newspaper produced by fabulous staff. We were able to produce a paper of 26 or 40 pages a week with only six or seven of the staff. And like there was 40 in the Trodden of Hannon. But then you must remember that I had introduced technology that the Trodden of I had recommended the directors of independent newspapers in 1978 or something like that. I had written a report from... Uh, I went over to London and I did a course in graphic arts and in, in uh, Kodak and Holborn. And... When I came back, I wrote a report for the Drawden Appendix of the directors to throw out all the linotype machines and throw out all the letterpress machines and get into Lytham and get into the modern digital age. And um, they, the funny thing about it was that the Drawden Appendix directors adopted the report, but independent newspapers never put the cash in to do it. <laughs> and it was 1990-something... By the time they put in photo setting in the drawing of mm. nearly 20 years later, at that time we were so far ahead of the possible. In the local news. Yeah. Let's move on a little. Your print business, Anglo Printers, as it's known today, yeah. Elite at the time, you were running that as well. Were you a bit distracted, like trying to run a newspaper, trying to run a print business as well? Was that a bit of a downfall? It was, yeah. It was, it's, yeah you can't, you can't, when you're starting off something and you have an entrepreneurial mind, you cannot concentrate on two things until you have one actually well, well established. And I was concentrating on the printing. The printing was the big job for me. That was what was our, going to be our bread and butter. Now, on reflection, if I probably had gone to the newspaper and left someone else running the printing works, it probably might have worked out better. But I was afraid to let the printing works go because that was where the money was coming from of to course. do the rest. And look at you had your family and all that to think yeah. about as well. Can I touch on your politics for a minute? Because you mentioned the republicanism and, of course, you are a big Fianna Fáil man as well. Yeah, um, but make no apologies for that. Yeah, but here's something I never knew. Tommy Donegan, Paddy's son, Paddy's son ran yeah. for Fine Gael. Yeah. Did you support him? No. Did you work with him? No. Never. Paddy Dunningham? No. no, Tommy. Tommy, his father, yes. His fa- I beg your pardon, his father. His father, Did you Tommy, support yeah. Tommy, his father? I did, yeah. And he was Fine Gael. Yeah. And he was a customer of my father's in the shop. And he came into the shop one day and he said to me, Father, Johnny, how are you? I had wonderful respect for him. For one's point of view, Tommy was pro-treaty. My father was anti-treaty. And uh, Tommy would come in and he said to my dad, you'll vote for me this time, Johnny. I was in the shop. And uh, my father said, I won't, Tommy. And as long as you're going up with that party, I'll never vote for you. But he says, if you're running independent, I'll definitely vote for you. And you can never guarantee you that. So we all laughed and that was... So he said to me, my father said, she get some of the young lads to give out a few posters for me and handbills? I will, he said. Johnny, 
Well, you can about a few handbills from Mr. Rooney. I will indeed. I was about 10 or 11 at the time. So, um, Kenny sent in a load of about a thousand or maybe two thousand handbills. My job was to go round the door and put them in the doors and get them in. So you've heard it today. Never hear it again. Johnny Cairns canvassed for Tommy Dunnigan Senior for Finnegale. Absolutely correct. (laughs) And he, when that happened, Tommy Dunnigan, for the first time ever, headed the poll in the Loud County Council election and beat the famous Fianna Fáil, Drogheda's famous man, Lawrence J. Watch. My oh my. For the county house. But look, ever since you have been Fianna Fáil, you've seen the good times, you've seen the difficult times the last few years. Will they come back? Of course they come back. Why won't they come back? The Fianna Fáil party is full of talented people. They're all there. Just, and, and there are many more people lining up to join Fianna Fáil. Would you be critical of the likes of Burke and Hawhey and the guys who... Oh, I definitely would. I never had much time for Hawhey. I never had much time for Hawhey myself. PJ, uh, Ray Burke, PJ Burke, now his father, he was something else. But Ray Burke, I mean, he was just money grabber. I mean, these people, they shouldn't be in politics. I mean, they got into politics and they got in the back door, most of them. And Ray Bork was a lecturer on his father's name. He wasn't a lecturer on his own name. So you're confident they'll be played their part in a government? Of course. Maybe not after the next election? Well, I wouldn't say after the next election, but I'll tell you one thing. You will see a Peter Paul government back in power, eventually, in this country. The horses. You are a man who loves the Gigi's. Mm -hmm. You follow racing. You have horses in training yourself. You've had a good few winners in your time. You've been to Cheltenham since what year? How many times? But uh, 46, 49 times. 49. You haven't missed? No. No. Sometimes I've been there two years. I used to go, I, I, I actually stayed with Tom Black, a first cousin of mine. We went over one year together, and um, Connor Lenehan, the town of Matrina Paul, Connor Lenehan was a student in UCD or some of them colleges up in Dublin. He stayed in the same house. We stayed in the house at the side of the Cotswolds, just at the side of the race course, myself and Tom. And we stayed there for three nights, and Connor Lenehan stayed in the same house along with us. He's a gas man. He was he was dabbling at journalism at the time, Connor. You know? mm, but you love racing. You love horses. I love racing. I I started off with a horse with Mick Hurrigan. Um, Shanley Bill, or Sunday Bills was the name. He he was a hunter chaser. And there were six of us supposed to own the horse. And the, he won the he won a hunter chase from Wexford. And he won a hunter's chase in Goran. A lot of rest, John Tallon. John Tallon and I went down to Westwood to back him. And that day I backed six with us. And I came out of Westwood with money in every pocket. And John Tallon had as much. And it was the man he only died a couple of weeks ago. Dorkin was his name, bookmaker. And... Uh, what Liam Dorkinot, I can't think of his first name. But uh, I, I don't think I had a bet with him ever before. No, so I used to back with him at the dog. <laughs> you hadn't a bet ever since because he wasn't taking your money. Because, you? <laughs> <laughs> we backed every winner in Westwood that day. 
<laughs> and our own hearts won a 7-2. Hey, but Johnny, you're like the rest of them. You tell us when you win, but come on, it must even out over the other the days when you don't have the money in your pocket to put on them. Yeah, well, you'll see the two days. You know, yeah. Just, you get your spin out of it. Yeah, well, I never, I never, uh, I, I gamble, I backed horses all my life, I backed dogs all my life. Never left me family short, and I never left me wife yes. short. And that, but that's the important. That part. is the most important part. Yeah. Have you anything for us? What's coming up in the stable? Come on, Carmel and yourself. Well, I had uh, just thought of the winners since I went to John Joe Welch. I've had twenty-four winners with John Joe Welch, and that was with Kilburn King, uh, Jack Absolute, Sportivo, mm. uh, and you know what. Uh, You're getting the prompt from the wings here. You see the way Carmel yeah, knows them yeah, all. You see, yeah. it? Uh-huh. And you know what? she's yeah. keeping a good track. And, and uh, you, I had, I had a horse and trainer with a, a chap called Pat Lally uh, from Rathout, not Rathout, Atby, and he was one of the most underrated trainers in this country. Trainer winner in Royal Ascot. And he wouldn't have two or three horses in the yard. Mm. He was a brilliant trainer. They're the people you want to watch. Have you a name for us? Because I know later on in the year, Lestole will come up in Kerry, and I believe you're going to have one or two. Well, we're hoping that we've, we have two horses being got ready. I'm hoping they'll be ready for Lestole. That's the plan. Mm. One of them is Una's Pleasure, that ran fifth in the Phillies bumper in Punchestown. And the other one is a, a, a mayor called, a definite article mayor called Keyfield. K E Y F I E L D. So you've heard it now, He's folks, exclusively. To be very, very good. Write them down. September yes. won't be long coming round, and we'll keep an eye on them. Before we finish up, I want to ask you this John, Geraldine, Marie, Betty, Porrick, Peter, Carmel. Yeah. The Magnificent Seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. They've all done well. They have, yeah. yeah. And I'm so proud of them all. I know you are. And you know what? Today has been a real pleasure meeting you, Johnny Kieran's on Late Lunch. We could talk forever, but I hope we've given people a flavour of the man, as I said at the beginning, who's a well-known and well-respected man, the length and breadth of the country. Johnny Kieran's, thank you for joining me on Late Lunch. Thank you, Jerry. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.